Oh yeah, I'm Barry Moran, and you're listening to Mayo Are Back. How are you lads? Con Mort here, Mayo Are Back. Look at guys, you're listening to one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's Mayo Are Back. Angelina Nugent speaking, just wanted to say Mayo Are Back. Hello, this is Kim Jong-un, and welcome to the Mayo Are Back podcast. How do you? Pope Francis here, Mayo Are Back. Mayo Are Fucking Back. Let them say what they like about Mayo people, but Mayo supporters are the best supporters in the world. Arrow, well, how are you getting on? How do? You're welcome to Mayo or Back, Season 4, Episode 3. You're listening to myself, TJ, and my good accomplice, Fat Larry. How do, Fat Larry? How are you fixed, TJ? How are you keeping? It's great to see you. We're back in the same room together. It's been, it's been far too bloody long, so it has. Our listeners will hear there's a lot of love in the air now. Things are a bit more back to normal. We can... Meet up, we can rant and rave about the Mayo football team. As we know, the roadmap to inbred recovery is back. You can now meet up in groups of up to 15 as long as you're outdoors. And you can rant and rave about the current state of the team, the county board, the fans, whatever it is that's getting your goat up, you can do it. And as of next week, Fat Larry, the pubs will be opening again. So inbreeding is set to proceed into the future there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's great. And, you know, if you told us back in March or February time, you know, that you wouldn't be able to meet up with your inbred buddies and, you know, talk about football and stuff like that, you'd have been a little bit put out. But, you know, it's amazing how the humans, they just, you know, humans and inbreds, they adapt to their new situation and we're back now. Now, we, we have to shout a little bit louder, but we can still spout the same shit. And, you know, when we have a bit of football back soon... And a bit of club football as well, which we're very excited about. It's going to be uh, it's going to be all systems go here, I'm sure, over the next uh, month or so. So we're delighted. That's the strength of the human spirit for you there, folks. Now, we know that there's a lot coming up in the next few weeks between club. We'll be covering it. And then, of course, the inter-county championship. Now, there's one thing that's gotten my goat up there, Fat Larry. They want to finish the league. I think that is an absolute discarce. Is it a discarce or is it more of an outright farce, in your opinion? I think you know fundamentally it's a it's a bad idea and I'll I'll tell you why it's a bad idea you know you know when you bring these you know the more games we have I think the greater risk you have of people getting infected you know getting infected with mayo fever obviously as we fight relegation you know it's usually a a, a big contributing factor but when you put covid-19 on top of that I think it might be a safe just to let the league slide for this year, go straight into championship and, you know, I think we'll worry about the league and just start from again next year, you know. I have to say I 100% agree with you there and anything else less than that would be one of those moves that, you know, the big dicks up in Dublin, you know, it's those big dicks there that are, they're the ones swinging their dicks around and they're dicking the rest of us really with their carry on, I think. They are, absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a right cohort of them up there in Dublin. There's big dicks. There's, you know, the head honchos, the big buffs. They're all up there and they're all, you know, they're all collaborating well together, you know, and they're trying to fuck us with every opportunity they have. But, you know, I think we have to take this chance, you know, to say a big debt of gratitude to the blue shirts and in particular, uh, Anil Dinnell, who, of course, has, along with his Fine Gael party, has guided us safely through the lockdown. And I hope that, you know, we see Anil, you know, stand up to these big dicks and, you know, get rid of the league and just, you know, crack on with the business, the main business of running the country and getting Mayo to win the All-Ireland, you know? Look at they say Fine Gael have been the driving force behind this Mayo team in recent years, but how could a 
party that were actually in government with a Taoiseach from the county not even sorted for us to win the All-Ireland at any stage. Enda was doing nothing more than scratching his arse up there in Dublin if he wasn't able to be paying off refs and forcing Mayo to get to finals and actually win them. Now, fair enough, we got blue seats in the stand, Fat Larry, but sure, I always imagined that Tommy Goonan found them above outside Crow Park, lying around Clanliff Road. I don't know how they were linked back to this Fina Gwale, Michael Ring, Alan Dillon sort of situation that we found ourselves in, and John O'Mahony. And John O'Mahony, you know, a, a former Mayo manger himself. And you know, it makes it very hard. I do always find it does make it hard. You know, it is. I'd be, I'd, I'd find it hard now. Mm. You know, and, and a, a good pastime of mine over the past number of years, and you know, in particular during lockdown when I can't, you know, go to games and you know give out to refs and hit Mayo players after the final whistle. You know, one thing that I have. Yo, know, I enjoy doing is I enjoy slating dubs and getting in arguments on Facebook. Mm. I particularly enjoy that now. You know, going on your your uh, your Joseph and you know your Con Telegraph and the Western Inbreds and all those. I know I find it hard. I think we've been shafted by Fine Gael. You know the the dubs there they're gloating, but sure. They'd have nothing if it wasn't for the sixteen billion that Bertie Ahern gave to Jim Gavin and Kieran Whelan for their for their twenty fifth birthday. You know that's. You know, it's not fair. The play, the playing ground is, is you know, it's not even. And I think it's about time now that, you know, Big Mickle Ring and Deputy Anal Dinnell and, you know, these, you know, our own big no, honchos down here. Let's be clear about a few things. Enda Kenny did nothing for the town. Michelle Mulhern, nothing. John O, nothing. He used and abused us just to get erected. And that, I think, is an absolute disgusting farce. Michael Ring, okay, he got a big road, right? That all we're saying about him. The time is now. Anal, anal, dinal, we have put our faith in you and we have put our trust in you. We are your constituents and you now must deliver an All-Arnold or at least a large, large money packet for the Mayo team at this time. Just like Bertie was able to do for the dubs. And that, of course, has led on to these 10 All-Arnolds in a row or whatever the feck they have at this stage. And, you know, we don't even... Affect the ten. I only we only we only need one. We only, one all Ireland and we'll we'll give this up. So we're gone. One all Ireland. We're like you know a whole cohort of players there and mangers. One all Ireland and we are out the gap. We're gapping it, Scan. We're out of here. That's the only reason we're still here. Four years in. Do you think we want to be doing this? Do you think we get enjoyment out of the misery that Mayo football brings to us? Well, you know, it it has its ups and downs. But at this stage, folks, it's ready to kick right back into gear now for the rest of the year. And, you know, we've given you the plan now for the next few weeks. We look forward to having you by our sides and in our listenership and our followership. And please do get in touch if you'd like to weigh in on any of the conversations we're having or possibly give us a few topics that we're going to look at. We have a very exciting opportunity to announce for folks there. And that is that we're offering... A little bit of sponsorship, I suppose, on the last time we had a little bit of a chat there. We were talking to all local businesses. We were duly ignored. Very much so in that way. Mm. Very much so ignored. And I suppose, you know... for probably good reason, you know. I'd say there's a bit of content here that nobody would touch with a 10-foot barge pole. Except for our loyal, inbred listeners. So, folks, if you would like to get behind the Mayo or Back, we're offering the Cordia Mayo or Back package. We are selling Cordia Mayo or Back cards... Send us a DM on Instagram and we'll give you the rest of the details. But you can buy a Cordia Mayo or back. And you know, listen, 
if you paid 200 euro for your Cordia Mayo at the start of the year, I think you'd be pleasantly surprised with some of the deals that the Cordia Mayo are back will entitle you to. For example, you will get exclusive access to the Mayo changing rooms once they get back in full season training. God, yeah, and I mean, listen, there's another couple of uh, nice little nuggets put in there as well. You know, you can, um, you will be invited to join the Mayo or back private uh, mailing list. You know, you'll have the direct line to myself and to TJ and JP and Patsy and all the gang here at Mayo or back will be releasing a little bit of exclusive fan content, you know, that won't be seen by your common or garden inbred, but it'll only be for, I suppose, the premium inbred. The premium inbred package, I think, is what we're going for here. But, you know, as the championship comes closer and football is coming back, I think it's a great time to get on board, you know. So hit us up with a message, and we should say as well, when you mention JP there and poor Patsy, God love them, they're both in isolation at the moment. They're quarantining themselves. When they heard that the football was coming back and it was going to be club football first, I suppose the the hatred they have for some of the clubs in their own vicinity sent them a bit mad for a few days. So they've been at home now throwing darts at the dartboard of pictures of Killian O'Connor and one of them was uh, tearing the head off an Aidan O'Shea voodoo doll. And, you know, we just need to leave them in this time just to settle themselves and get ready for the club season because we're not used to club first, Fat Larry. As we always say at Mayo, we're back. County club never comes first. And, you know, as James Horan would say, club never comes first. So it's very interesting that we're going to see a club championship this season before a county championship. Yeah, because usually what you'd have, you'd have the club coming in or thinking that it was coming in first only to be, you know, blown from behind by the county championship and, you know, all sorts of terrible things have happened to it over the last few years. And, you know, I think it's disgusting the way, you know, John Horgan, you know, and the Blue Dubs have, you know, just twisted the whole thing around over the past number of years. You know, back when the club championship used to be, you know, number one, you had teams like bloody Kildare and, you know, down competing for all Ireland's. And now, you know, it's down to the, the last few, the, the, the big the big dicks. And I suppose we're lucky to be in that as well. But at the same time, I don't like the way it's going. And I'm, I'm happy to see the club come first again. Absolutely. You said it, Fat Larry. Now, that'll do us for part one, folks. That was just our little roundup. We're going to be coming back after the break with a review of a show that was first aired in 2016. But it really piqued our interest there when it was shown on TV again, keeping certain players and certain hot topics in the Mayo mainstream media, keeping them relevant. And we feel like now is a good time for Fat Larry and I to really run our mouths off over this one. So come back after the break where we will be talking about the toughest trade. There's five players, man. The two O'Shea's, Killian O'Connor, Alan Dillon and fucking Andy Moore. I know fucking well. I know more about the inside of me. I played it. And that's why I walked away from it. Politics of me off football makes me sick to my teeth. Mayo, as they say, you're very welcome back to part two, and we're here to talk about the toughest. Fat Larry, what a show. Listen, TJ, I mean, what a, you know, to be thrown that little, you know, I would call it a lifeline mid-lockdown, you know, when things just seem to be at their worst and you, you think that things, you know, couldn't possibly ever go back to the way they were, 
you know, within a couple of days of each other, we'd, uh, you know, the roadmap for getting back to club football was announced. But far more importantly than that, the toughest trade featuring our very own Audio Shea was rerun on uh, TV3. I mean, it brought back great memories for me, TG. I don't know. I remember being hard as an old rock back in 2016, watching that for the first time. And very little changed, I have to say, in 2020. You know, like what a, what a, you know, a great, you know, character Audie is on top of being such a you know a fantastic footballer and everything he's done for Mayo you know a real film star I mean and, and, a, and a jab hand at the old American football as well what did you you know what did you make of it did it did it age well oh it certainly did I have to say they were ahead of the co- they were ahead of their time there really in terms of you're talking about inclusivity and acceptance and you know everything that goes with some of the current strife that's going on in a worldwide phenomenon at the moment but when Edo went to San Diego and they sent back an American footballer in his place. The club of Brafey and the Brafey Mafia at large were delighted to get involved with Robert O. Wallace, who lined out as full forward for Brafey in a game against Park that has been remembered. It's gone down in the annals, in the annals of anal history. And, you know, there was a lot to be remarked about on that day. I suppose you could talk about... I suppose Park's defensive system which was something I was extremely impressed with you know they were coming up against this huge fabulous physical guy you know he was a, a monster simply a monstrous man you know not like or not unlike our own Edo but they employed a very strict defensive system where they had Marcus Park playing as fullback Johnny Keelogues was in the corner and Michael Crimlin was in the other corner so they're the fullback line of Park Keelogues and Crimlin and they were able to keep Roberto Wallace down to, oh, he barely got a sniff on the day. I thought it was phenomenal. Absolutely. But I mean, you have to say, coming into that game, you know, obviously for Roberto Wallace, you know, it was obviously, I'm sure, very, I'm sure he was very nervous going into that game. You know, his first game of, you know, West Mayo Kelly Cup football in, you know, uh, mid-February out in Ballyhane. But my God, had he been put through his paces in the weeks leading up to that game. Um, you know, Audi unfortunately wouldn't talk to us in relation to the toughest, but one of the stars of that Brafey team got in touch with us and, you know, that was the, the great man Paddy Burke who had been training uh, and marking Roberto Wallace uh, in the training sessions in the week up and, and Paddy did say, you know, that he never discriminated, you know, either way against, you know, members of the black community or the white community. You know, he made it fairly clear that if it was a man in a 14 jersey, you know, he was going to ride him either way and he was going to give him a hard time. And, you know, you could clearly see that, you know, Roberto was well, you know, he was put through his paces and was ready to go come that game. He got a good skinning now, in fairness, in that, I suppose, in that training session. And we might touch on that training session again in a couple of minutes, Fat Larry, because we do need to talk about where that training session took place. Of course, yeah. But I suppose you also saw him hanging out with Roberto Henley as well. And, you know, you saw him getting his shots away and Roberto was talking to Roberto Ella about, you know, different philosophies on the game and two great thinkers and two great men when it comes to playing football, I feel. You know, absolutely. I mean, you know, for a guy of Roberto's, you know, standing in American football, you know, you'd think this guy, you know, he could, you know, he'd find it hard to put it up to him. But I mean, mm. you know, coming up against probably the finest goalie Mayo have ever had and, you know, his namesake, uh, Roberto Henley, uh, you know, he found it, you know, he met his match there, I'm sure, you know, and, and an equally stylish and fashionable guy as well, of course, you know in his own right but you know one thing 
uh, TJ I found very interesting about the whole about the whole show and you might have touched on it there earlier I suppose I was fascinated you know to see Edo and when Edo was over in America he had been training in a rather large kind of a dome sort of a, a setup over there I oh, just yeah. thought that was very interesting now we we actually did a bit of digging on this one and uh, you know, I suppose he was sent over in a sense to come back with some skills, you know, that he might be able to play in an amateur game that he would have maybe transferred over from the professional game of NFL and bring back to his Mayo teammates. But in reality, all Edo actually brought back from America was an idea which he sold to John Prenty for uh, a big uh, a big dome, 4G dome over in the centre of excellence, you know. So what you're saying, Fat Larry, is that we have Audio Shea to thank for the fact that Mayo are going to be playing in a zero-gravity dome from 2022 onwards. A hundred percent, and I think, God, when you see the, the, you know, the way the world has gone now, for us oh to be God. able to cocoon our Mayo team inside in that dome, I mean, God, weren't we very lucky that we sent, you know, that Homeli you know, let Audio Shea go over to the United States. Um, you know, Fat Larry, I think you might have your you might have your years incorrect there because, as you will recall, I thought it was Pat that let him go. No, uh, very much so. The opposite, to my understanding, it was Pat and Noel who came in with a very firm blockage of a trip the previous year. You will think you. I think you'll find that it was 2016 when Ada went over so it was actually Rochi Rochford that let him go and when you think about that you know for Rochi to come in and you know he's such a kind guy and a, and a great guy and a great servant to the country you saw how he got repaid do you know it, it was really it was really a bad doing that Rochi got now he let this guy go and boost his profile in another country and you know fast forward the clock a couple of years boom he's gone we should discuss Pat and Noel though because in 2015 the opportunity did arise for Edo to go and play a sport that he's actually quite good at you would have seen in the toughest he shows off some of his keepy uppy skills those bloody foreign games that we do like to give out about soccer do you know he had that opportunity snatched away from him Pat famously said at the time you know, soccer, you know, he shouldn't be allowed going over playing soccer. That's for fellas that have won all Arnolds. Do you know, there's no point, instead of going over playing soccer in England, he should, you know, win an All-Ireland. Now, I don't think he can win an All-Ireland in January or February, and I don't think going on holidays for four or five days yeah. would actually affect it in any way. But, you know, Homelli had to stand for something. You stand for something or you fall for everything, guys. And, but I suppose, to counter that point, TJ, could you also suggest that that the Homeli heave of 2015 was a direct, you know, I suppose a direct reaction from Audi, you know, mm -hmm. to the fact that he wasn't allowed go to play soccer for Sunderland. And by extension to that point, could you say that, you know, that the toughest trade actually caused the Homeli sacking in the first place? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Well, you could suggest it. I don't know if you could say it, Fat Larry, but you could definitely well, we suggest could, can, it. Ups, I'm sorry, of course. And yes, that is I'm, just a suggestion. Ours, our listeners, uh, or know. loyal listeners will understand that's just a suggestion. As is everything that we say here on this podcast. It's just, it's always nice, you know, to just give an alternative view, I think, and just to remember that, you know, there isn't one side to every story or whatever. Very much but, so. Going on from that then and talking Homeli and Rachi and Audi and Well now that we're talking about them. the Maiwadi five aside soccer and all that. I was very interested with the the training session and you know the the location of that one. You might have a little more insight into that one. Mm-hmm. Well, 
going back to the scene of the crime, as it were, they were training in no no less place than Ballyhane. And I suppose... God, isn't that a real kick in the balls? It was hard to see, do you know? How, you know, if you were Pat and Noel now sitting home watching that, the training session taking place in Ballyhane, you know, the training session being led by, you know, one of the greatest Homelli sympathisers there is, you know, Shane Conway, a good comrade and, you know, a good footballing man there in his own right. You know, it must have been very upsetting for them at home to be sitting watching that, you know? Well, deep down, Fat Larry, I think you'll find that that's probably the last thing Pat Holmes is going to be watching at home in his house. But I suppose when I saw it, it did hurt me personally. And really, you can only care about yourself in these lockdown times. I was sitting there and I was upset for Homelli. And at one point, you know, they even introduced Shane Conway and Peter Ford as joint mangers. Like the irony of that, to end all mm. ironies, I thought that now, that was a bit... A bit too much for me to take. too close to the bone for me now. And, you know, I I enjoyed many aspects of it, but I did have a bit of a sickening feeling in my stomach during that scene and I did hurl up just a small bit. There was one of those moments where, you know, when you're watching telly and uh, there'd be the bit of, maybe the bit of sex or something to come on the screen and you'd have to just, you know, go out and make the cup of tea. It was one of those go out and make the cup of tea sort of moments for me anyways. 100%, you know, I would fashion it to, you know, some of the scenes that you know, would have popped up in, you know, normal people, you know, we, we won't, we won't mention that, we might mention that again at another stage. A real sickening feeling to get in the stomach. You know, I was also quite sickened as well to see, you know, you know, Audie was, Audie O'Shea was spinning round over in Houston, Texas in a, in a Mustang. I mean, you'd have to be quite this is interesting sick now. as well. There's a lot now. of controversy there. Controversy, yes. when you mention his name, Audie, and then you mention Mustang in the one sentence. Something about that tells me that that doesn't quite match up. I think JJ Burks or Monaghan's or whoever the feck is supplying him with a free car might want to reevaluate their deal there, either in terms of giving him a fresh new Mustang or potentially, you know, changing his name altogether to Mustang O'Shea. Absolutely. And Mustang, he's a, you know, Aiden, he must have been angered, you know to I suppose not been allowed to play soccer the year previously so maybe that must be why he was riding the Mustang in America I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm clutching at straws here or no or fact whatever, I think you he know. could be onto something there and as you see him driving around in the Mustang there's an incredibly poignant moment where really I just said to myself oh this is the most kind of the most fabulous scene you could have do you know 10 seconds of Audie in a Mustang singing a bit of Ed Sheeran on the radio it was just something that will live long in my memory. I've thought about it every night since I've seen it. It's almost my first thought in the morning and my last thought that I have before I go to sleep at night. And God, I mean, he was a, you know, he's a natural on the camera, as, you know, the last few months have shown us as well. He hasn't lost a touch. He's been an absolute natural and Fat Larry, do you know, when we talk about his transition from then to now, Edo has gone from flip-flops to TikToks. Oh my goodness, I never even thought, God, you're you're ahead of your time, TJ. I mean, I, I didn't even think about that one. But I mean, you know, one thing I suppose else that hasn't changed is that in 2016 when Audi went to the toughest trade in America he had no All-Irelands and nothing has changed in the last four years so I think the question we must ask is you know given that you know Roberto who had no All-Irelands and Aidan who had no All-Irelands either you know who would you rather have in your in your Mayo team? Mm, you can only pick one 
Right, well I suppose, you know, there's a lot of stark similarities there in terms of style, physical attributes, you know, the skills. If I could only pick one going forward, I mean, Edo does have the experience of, we'll say, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 years almost of GAA. Roberto Wallace only, of course, played for 10 days or so. But, you know, in terms of evaluating potential, and that's one of the things that James Horn has to do every morning when he wakes up, he has to think about potential. He has to think one or two years down the line. Skill acquisition. I think you could swap the two of them now. Footwork. The guy's got a 38-inch vert. Talent. James Horan notices that. Vertical jump. So, you know, if I was James Horan, which I'm not at the moment anyways, but if I was, which I am in my mind, I would go for Robert O. Wallace in that scenario. Yeah. Would you agree? Oh, I mean, you know, he seems to have got the full package or whatever, you know. A nice package. Yeah, like, I mean really good potential there and I suppose it's all hearsay at this stage you know we made our decision we, we stuck with Edo and uh, you know I suppose we can't go back now and we're just going to have to you know continue on or whatever you know I mean you'd have to think if you were you know if you were a Killian O'Connor or a Lee Keegan or, or an Andy Moore and you'd have to think as well maybe looking on they might be asking you know why did I not get a crack at a, at a TV show and you know the opportunity to travel across the world that might be you know maybe for another day I'd love to see a fat Larry I'd love to see a couple of trades like that you could have Andrew Moran togging out to play a foreign sport like hurling Tom Parsons maybe could swap with Derek Zoolander become a professional male model maybe even Alan Dillon could go into politics you never know what sort of harebrained scheme they could come up with in the toughest I mean listen you could have a lethal weapon five and have Cullen Boyle instead of Mel Gibson you know there's an, an array of potential you know there's one trade, roles there's one trade I'd like to get behind TJ and Fat Larry has joined Mayo Mangers and James Horan maybe sitting here giving out about us like he was doing on Sky. That's one trade I'd get behind for a week at least. Oh, listen, you know, I, I think there's only one way of finding out if we are, you know, as full of shit as we, you know, claim to be or as, you know, is, is thought of us. So, you know, what have they to lose? Give us a go. Well, Fat Larry, just as good to talk about those kind of things. And moving on from that, you know, one of the things that's been said about us in recent weeks, one of the the negative criticisms of this podcast is I suppose that they're kind of not taking it serious they're making a bit of a laugh and a bit of a skit and a bit of a joke out of it so I think we should get very serious for a moment and we should talk about you know one aspect of the show that would bring a tear to an old stone that was seeing the flying doctor in action absolutely he of course has passed on since and one of the things that Edo discussed in the show is something we feel very 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 passionately about it's the disrespect of the players on the 51 team, you know, outside of the county and even inside from some of the, you know, bigger losers in the county. You know, not not us here, but some of the more losers in the county would say, like, this kind of, you know, this, I suppose, bullshit really, as it were, that Mayo won't win in All-Ireland until everyone on that 51 team is dead. That's a curse that carries absolutely zero weight, in my opinion. I think... And if you don't mind me going into a bit more detail on this, Please. I think what we should be more worried about is the very real curse of Homelli. Yeah. Placed on the Mayo squad in 2015, it was suggested that this Mayo team, in retribution for their disloyal act in Ballyhane Clubhouse, they would be rewarded with the curse of not being able to win a Connacht title until everyone who voted Homelli out was gone off the squad. Now, 
Andrew Moran has gone. Anthony Dillon has also gone. You know, there's a few here that are still remaining. But, you know... David in, Drake, of course, is gone. In the four years since, no Connacht's. This isn't even an All-Arnold curse. We're not even being that fussy. We're just saying that they won't be able to win a Connacht until all that team is wiped out. Now, that's something saying something like that, Fat Larry, might provoke a little bit of backlash... But all I can do is oh, call it listen, as I see I it. Mean, and you're dead right to call it as you see it. And when you think about it, the last kind of final we won with Homelli, you know, mm-hmm. at the wheel. Jeez, I mean, you know, you won that with consummate ease. I mean, the way, the manner in which that they, you know, just bent that Sligo team over and sent them packing out the road. You know, that final was over after five minutes, you know, and it just, there is something very, you know, I would suggest maybe spooky about the whole thing, you know, that you would have Homeli winning a Connacht final, you know, with their eyes closed. And, you know, we haven't been able to win one since with, you know, arguably the greatest team we've ever had. Something for me, it just doesn't square up, you know, there's a bit, there's something off. Who'd have thunk it, Fat Larry? Do you know, when we started this podcast this evening, I suppose, we never thought we'd get around to talking about the events of that famous night of the Long Knives. But look at it, it happens. It you doesn't know. always happen, I mean, you know, but sometimes it just naturally comes into the the conversation and it kind of, you know, I, I think it's... It's an it's an important event, and, you know, I still have my demons. You know, my demons are still there about the whole fiasco, so... You never know. Maybe players will see sense. James Horn will step aside, let Homelli come back, win their Connacht, and all will be well again. Do you know? Long-time listeners and dear, dear friends and fans of the page will, of course, understand that, you know, this is something we've touched on quite a bit, but only in the off-peak times. You know, the life cycle and, the, I suppose, the yearly calendar of a Mayo fan, it really goes from one extreme to the other you know where you are absolutely you're going to turn on the county board at some point some point you're going to turn on the players at some point they're going to win a game and you're going to forget all of these problems ever existed you're going to entrench yourself as a full inbred you're going to ascertain fully blown Mayo fever and you're going to believe that this is the year they could do it and I'd say Fat Larry we're only a few weeks away from tipping peak Mayo fever and absolutely loving these fabulous guys again God it's going to be when you know I suppose we might as well touch on it now before the symptoms set in but I mean it's going to be a it's going to be a carnival of football I mean you know you're going to have matches coming at us week on week we can only hope that it's knockout football because of course that seems to be where we produce our best stuff you know it's going to be a serious blast of Mayo fever coming at us hard you know it's going to be coming fast and often so what I would suggest to listeners out there is you know get ready you know you know, prepare for the worst you know you're going to have Mayo going up and having a big win on a Sunday and they're going to have another game the following weekend you know you need to prepare in these situations and I think you know a lot to look forward to but just be careful and you know be prepared you know so I suppose now we approach the end of tonight's show you know it's been you know there's been just, there was just so much meat in that you know toughest trade that we you know got stuck in or really enjoyed it and you know I would urge the listeners out there if they didn't you know if they still doubt you know the the home Ellie curse and all the the comings and goings just give it another watch and look at it from you know maybe a different perspective in light of what we said um and I suppose, Fat Larry, we should say if you are affected by any of the issues that we talked about in this podcast, don't be afraid to reach out and send us a message and we'll be in touch. 
and we'll be here for you now over the next few weeks the podcasts are going to start coming thick and fast just like our good selves when championship football starts so we're going to maybe next week have a little look at another show and that is Normal People absolutely and I mean you know that one what we loved There's about that show you know was well. they really you know championed the club football which I think was very uh, suitable so we're going to get our teeth stuck into that one next week and it's one that you really cannot afford to miss there's going to be a lot of meat to get your teeth around next week folks so we're going to leave very graphic we're going to leave it at that for today we're going to play you out with one of our songs here on Mayo We're Back and we're going to thank you for your continued inbred listenership over the last few weeks and months and years and we look forward to spending the next few weeks with you guys Fat Larry I'll leave the last word to you I just want to say guys before we go I don't care if you're a club footballer out there and you thought you were a nobody before this COVID-19 everything changes after this baby get ready get in the gym and get yourself ready for a carnival of football baby see you next week good luck goodbye well we know And uh, just in relation to, to, to the two of you, you're, you're in as a, as a 50-50 joint managership, would that be correct? At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out. Uh, it's just about going out and making sure they're ready when the ball's thrown in at 3.30. We have um, a very, very experienced group of players who have great leaders among them, you know what I mean, right throughout the pitch or whatever, so, you know, it's not about messages before the players go out on the pitch because, you know, they're, as I've said all along, they're an experienced group of players. At the end of the day, you know, it's not about what you say before you go out.